Let's see, and we are live. How hello, Michael, and hello, Vader Girl. Yes, hello. Uh, thanks for joining us in the chat. Well, welcome to Force of Light Entertainment. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my sister, Natalie. Hola. That was quite the intro, Natalie. hope that wasn't cultural appropriation. <laughs> Hopefully we don't get canceled. <laughs> but this is episode 48. If you have not yet, we would like to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give the video a thumbs up. And uh, if you enjoy our content, we recommend you sharing this with someone that you think would enjoy and be enriched in their life by force of light entertainment. Then share that with them. Michelle, what do we say around here? Sharing is caring. Sharing is definitely caring, everyone. And this podcast is a part of the Red 5 Network. And for more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Well, we want to, before we introduce our guest, we want to remind you that you all hit our goal. So we will be giving away the Black Series adorable little baby Yoda at the end. Yay! Yes. So stay tuned. Anyone watching at the end of the video, we will give you the, the details of how you can enter in to winter in the baby Yoda giveaway sweepstakes. So you said winter kind of a mixture of enter and win. I like it. I, I like so to mix winter. That, that's, that's what I want to do. And let's say hello again to everyone in the, from a certain point of views there. Um, yes. Hello. And everyone. Mr. Boopenheim. I like that name. I, I let Natalie go ahead and introduce you on that. So, cause I didn't know how to sp See, uh, I, pronounce I, that. I know what your name is. Yeah. I let Natalie take the difficult things, but anyways, let's go ahead and bring out our guests for this evening and our guests. They are a red five network podcast. They are pizza and parsecs. Oh, <laughs> look at them reading their DC oh. comics. Oh, hello. Oh. Hey, didn't see you guys come in there. Didn't mean to do We have a show with them right now. Oh, here, let me here, take here, that. Here, here, oh, let's, this is embarrassing. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. So how are the newlyweds, Dave and Liv, doing this evening? Oh, you know, we're, we're living the newlywed dream. We we're are. Married? Yeah, we are. Were you not there for that? Who was up there with me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> no, we're absolutely loving it. Having the time of our lives right now, getting all the house put together with, you know, integrating all of her stuff. I already had a house. So just getting her moved in and getting Re her dog Remus adjusted and getting my cats adjusted <laughs> to having a dog around. Right. Again. So you have, you have a, a blended family yes. with the dogs and cats. So we yes. do. Yes, it, bring, it brings balance. It's a good thing. It does. Balance is very good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, before we get started, I know many in the chat are already aware of you guys, Pizza and Parsecs being Dave and Liv. And we, to our listeners or watchers, whoever, if you have not checked out Pizza and Parsecs, we were just on with you all. You guys did an awesome series on The Matrix, yes. and we got to be featured in one of the episodes. So definitely check that out if you're listening or watching. But I will let you guys uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. So who is Pizza and Parsecs? We are Pizza and Parsecs. <laughs> just him. No, no, this is Liv's show. I just guest on it every week. No. 
at any rate, so we initially conceived this whole idea of podcasting together probably uh probably about a year ago yeah right before we got engaged right before we got engaged we both had love podcasts and we were like yeah maybe we could you know jump on and maybe we'll get a listener or someone right and that listener is your mother i'm pretty sure yes (laughs) and so, I mean, we love geeking out together. We love DC. We love Star Wars. She loves Harry Potter. And I'm, by virtue of that, love Harry Potter as well. Right. Now you <laughs> legally have to like Harry Potter. Legally, I have to like Harry Potter. <laughs> it was in the vows. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, we, we just like geeking out together and talking about nerdy stuff. So we wanted to try our hand at doing a podcast about it. Yeah. And that's that's really the entire purpose of our show is we're just a couple that likes geeking out together and then we occasionally record it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, I will say you guys have a great show and I am one of your listeners uh, every week. <laughs> oh, and, and I especially, and that's why I brought you on, wanted to talk this topic with you. I think you guys do one of the best jobs that I've heard discussing DC content. So, whoa, wow, yeah, compliments. I praise, (laughs) I'm uncomfortable, (laughs) but you do. You guys have broken down even cartoon things that I've never watched, and I listened and I never watched it. I was like, okay, like I felt like I had understanding and knowledge of this stuff at that point. So, you guys do a great job uh, with everything, but since we're talking DC tonight, I'm just bringing up DC since I know it's a love of you all's. Oh yeah, definitely. I've loved DC since I mean the original Tim the Tim Burton Batman movies are where yeah. I got my start with that. Mm-hmm. Um watched those as a kid. I think the very first time I was actually allowed to dress up for Halloween, my family went all out on it. I was Batman, of course. <laughs> and my mom was Catwoman and my dad was the penguin. My yes. dad, my dad like got like the prosthetic nose and like like it, it was it was everything. I need a picture of this. It was so fun and I love like, it. Yeah, that's that's where my initial love of all things DC came from was my introduction into the Batverse, the Tim Burton Batverse, if you will. Yeah, and it was ah uh, yeah. Well, I'll leave I, it at that. Am I imagining, Natalie, or did we have a Halloween that I was Batman and you were Catwoman? I think we did. I'm pretty That's sure amazing. that happened. And that, let's That's be honest, awesome. you guys know me. Me being Catwoman is not too far off. <laughs> I was pretty much made to be Catwoman. <laughs> Except she means with literal cats that are drawn to her. <laughs> that resonates with me. I feel like I could be Catwoman, too. <laughs> I mean... There was some serious consideration of getting a third cat today. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was some, like real serious consideration. Oh, we we've already got some interesting things that we're about to get into in the chat between uh, Michael of Two Med Two Star Wars. Got some controversy as, going as Natalie always calls me Two Star Wars, and then from a certain point of view. <laughs> hey, I've learned it. It's Michael. <laughs> Oh, we got hello to uh, Nerd Herder Sue. Hello. And Kevin Kevin Dingle. Hello. (laughs) 
Well, we will go ahead and get started. We are, uh, and also tell everyone that that is that is not aware of your show. Where can they find you? So you can find uh, link links to all of our podcatchers at bit.ly backslash links PMP. You can also check us out on pizzaandparsics.com or on the red5network.com. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you guys are pretty much everywhere podcasts are. So yes. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check them out. But since we have them, we'll go ahead and get started our topic tonight. And we are going to be talking about why we prefer DC. I know there's a lot of Marvel love and Marvel's great and everything, but the four of us. You didn't mean to rhyme there, did you? I didn't. It just happened. I'm just smooth like that, guys. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> it was <laughs> almost I, like a riddle. It was like the Joker. No, like the Riddler, Natalie. The Riddler. Oh my gosh. Gosh. That was she, a mess up. she really blew that one. But we'll, <laughs> we will pass that. So, so anyway. <laughs> so, we will be talking about why we prefer DC. So, join the conversation and let's talk some DC. Okay. So, uh, right off the bat, in the, the chat, uh, Michael from. Two Med Two Star Wars had brought up on Twitter before we got here tonight that Batman is not a superhero. So I think we should start there. Dave, <laughs> I can see the opinions are strong. <laughs> the opinions are strong with Dave. Where, uh, let's see, uh, what is it from a certain point of view got? Very high praise. Uh, yeah. He's going to, so I think from a certain point of view is going up with Dave on the fact that Batman is a superhero. So Dave, because I know that one of our reasons we prefer DC to Marvel is simply summed up in no, 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 Batman. So since it's Batman, I feel like we should defend his integrity nicely done as a superhero. So Dave and Liv, tell Michael why Batman is indeed a superhero. I'll let you get it kicked off. Are you sure? Yes. I don't want to steal the show. Or you won't steal the show. <laughs> you confident in that? Girl, I got this. <laughs> um, well, if we're so, if, you know, I'm just going to play devil, devil's advocate for a second. If we're going to consider Batman not a superhero, then Iron Man's not a superhero. Period. Like, well, let's just be real. Because Iron Man is, he has no superpowers. He basically has the same mindset. He's just a wealthy playboy. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Billionaire. Billionaire. That's the <laughs> word. Anyway. <laughs> well, Lots of money. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so Iron Man's not one. Iron Man's little sidekick's not one. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, uh, not uh, a falcon. The Hawkeye. New Hawkeye, Black Hawkeye. Widow. I was gonna say I mean, Black Widow. Majority no. of the of of um Marvel the Avengers. Yeah. A lot, of the, a lot of the Avengers are not super are not superheroes by yeah. that by that logic at right. least. And that's really not good enough logic in my opinion. I was gonna say it's dumb logic because it is. Uh, it's just dumb oh, logic. Snap. <laughs> like. Anybody could be a superhero. Let's be real. That was that's preached throughout all of different all of DC. Is like anybody can be a hero. Anybody can save the day. Batman is just a huge advocate for that. You know. So what? He's a vigilante. We also have to talk about which Batman universe 
we're considering to decipher vigilante from superhero. Yeah. Sure enough. And one of the big things is, you know, it's, it's hard to def define a superhero by just somebody that has superpowers. Cause I think it, that the definition is a lot broader than that. Um, it, and they even talk about this in the Marvel universe. They talk about it in Spider-Man two, actually. They talk about how you don't need to have superpowers to be a superhero. That one of Batman's biggest super uh, one of batman's biggest superpowers is not only his superhero willpower that he has his determination but how he inspires an entire city mm -hmm. and that inspiration to to do good they talk about it in um dark knight returns a lot about how he tries to turn the city around with his, by example, by his example. And I think that's what makes him such a positive and strong superhero is that you do have that, you have more of an ability to relate to him. You have a human figure that you can actually look up to. I can't look at Superman, for example, and say, I could be from Krypton someday because right. I, I can't. Right. I, I just can't. But, you know, I can dedicate myself to doing good. I can dedicate myself to a craft. I can dedicate myself to doing better. Mm -hmm. um, I can do those things and I can see that and be inspired by that through characters like Batman. Right. Yeah. So let's also look at the death to life ratio between Batman, not superhero, superpower person, and Superman has superpowers. <laughs> Superman dies more frequently than Batman does. <laughs> he has super he is supposed to be invincible. Like this is true. I can't. <laughs> it is true. But I, I think too, back to what Dave was saying, I think that. Well, for starters, I think that's why Batman is the most beloved superhero of any of them, because he's the one we relate to. Yeah. Like, he's the one we can aspire to being. Mm -hmm. We can't, e even more than Iron Man, because Iron Man is still so reliant upon this crazy suit, and he flies around with the suit. And I know Batman is a lot with the suit, but there's still so much about the Batman character that is truly about a form of morality for the city where he fights to not mm -hmm. give in to killing and kind of to even, you know, when we did our our discussion on the Dark Knight Rises, I almost choked up talking about the end scene where he says light it and they light the, the bat symbol and it becomes this, this, symbol of Gotham City PD being better and rising up and it's just like he's that symbol to people uh, so yeah. I just, absolutely yeah well and even like you know in that movie the Dark Knight Rises like when he realizes that um you know he's getting older and he needs help I yeah. think that it's like he is kind of the most human of them all and like like you guys have said I think that's why we as the audience probably do you know subconsciously or whatever relate to him the most and I also think it's taken him unlike a, a fancy suit and I don't mean to knock Iron Man but I think it's taken a lot of uh, self-discipline and training to get to the point that it, he became Batman you know he's had to work hard 
to acquire these skills and the, these like, kind of fighting skills and things like that. I mean, of course he has his cool gadgets, but a lot of it's his fighting. Yeah, so I mean, let's just even do that on, on the Marvel DC thing. So you got Iron Man and Batman. But Iron Man, pretty much he had to, one, he's a genius, so we'll give him that. He's yeah. a genius. Um, but Which he, is its own It is. Power. I mean, Iron Man's great. I'm not yeah. putting yeah. down Iron Man. But it's, oh, it's, I, I like I'm just Iron kidding. Man. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's almost she's gonna start civil war. Um, it's almost like uh, yeah. I'm saying in the comments. Um, it's almost like he more has to learn how to control almost like playing a video game. Like he has okay. to learn to control the suit. Where Batman, you know, went and learned martial arts. Like he right. truly learned how to be basically a ninja in many ways. Like it truly yeah. was another level of discipline. Like that, I think as humans, again, we we appreciate, we relate to. Definitely, and I think one of the one of the big things for me that I, I see a lot of people overlook, and I don't want us to skirt over this in this conversation for sure. And that's Batman is not a character that's completely reliant on technology or fighting, even right. though he is so strong at those skills. Batman, first and foremost, is a detective. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's how he solves his case. How he solves his cases. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't always have to brawl his way through these villains. He just has to. He just outsmarts them from time. Most a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. And especially when you're facing off uh, villains like like the Riddler, for example. One of the one of the smartest. Character, uh, one of his smart, smartest characters in his rogues gallery beats him with his brain. Yeah. 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 Once, again, once again, making him, you know, in my opinion, more believable and more realistic. Well, and that kind of moves in. Let's address Michael. He said, yeah, because he's just a plain human, not any superhuman powers. And he is just a plain human. So Michael, I feel like this is a tie. We're both right because that's true. But back to what Liv said, if you take if you cut Batman out of the super the super uh, superhero argument, then you cut out like half the the Marvel characters or more. So I think it has to be more than they're just like Wonder Woman or Superman and have or Captain Marvel and Marvel and have these actual powers. I think it's more a superhero is someone that like I mean can get can get crap done that can do stuff that no one else can do. <laughs> Like you can count on them to save the world. <laughs> so that would be yeah. my definition. So I think we're at a standstill on that question. And yes, Michael, I think we all agree his his toys and his suit do come in handy. Absolutely. Sure. But he's, okay. got lot, he's got a lot going on under the suit. But the early Batman did not have like a Kevlar suit. If you look at the early Batman, it's just like tights. Tights. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it's basically at, Zorro. Right. And you look at Robin, he doesn't have like a fancy suit. You look at Batgirl, she doesn't have a fancy suit. They're basically just wearing leotards and tights. They're basically dancers. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Well, and another point, if we're gonna bring this one, Michael it up, another point is Thor. What is he what is the the sole thing he's trying to get in Avengers in or Infinity War? He's trying to get another hammer. So we have this. God, this demi-god-like character, and yet he relies on that hammer, Michael. So, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Superman relies on the sun. 
And I wouldn't say that that's he true. needs. That's true. He he's solar powered, guys. Superman needs <laughs> solar powered. He's so eco friendly. <laughs> he's green. He's so green. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that he actually needs his suit and toys because some of his most captive, some of the most captivating storytelling in Batman is when he is stripped of all of those things. Mm -hmm. He he no longer has his fancy utility belt. He no longer has his um any any of his gadgets or his grappling hooks or his batarangs. He doesn't have any of those things. He gets there just by being Bruce. Yeah, just by being Batman, yeah. you know? Yeah. He 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 doesn't need those things, but when he has them, they he basically is just leveraging that technology to further his purpose. He doesn't need he doesn't need it to do that, but he just simply leverages it when he has it available to him. Right. It's like cheating on a test. <laughs> using your resources what? to your advantage. <laughs> I've done plenty of that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Confessions all around tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's relevant. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. What, what do we got? Oh, yeah. Getting out. I mean, what an incredible scene from yeah, the Dark Knight. That was literally yes. something I was yep. thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What what do we got from here? Uh, I let's see. I'll read for those listening. A certain point of view says I think reserve the term superhero to people with only powers is criminally limiting. Limiting what Batman does with his strength, training, intelligence, and resources is superhuman in itself. I agree. Yep. That's yes. basically the essence of what we're saying. Yeah, I agree. He's so his his <laughs> focus is so like lasered in on his purpose. And I think that the fact that he like that kind of superhero dedication, which, you know, you don't get that from being born on a different planet or you don't get that from being struck by lightning or, you know, however someone might get their metahuman powers. Right. You get that through your own dedication. You get yeah, that yes. from within and that he's able to summon that from within is super human in and of itself because it is super human right yes yeah, yeah and i think that like is the essence of dc itself you know like i and at the risk of being canceled on twitter <laughs> you know I, I cannot compare another superhero to batman and the dedication he has to gotham in the marvel universe but i can count on you know i would have to use your hands as well the amount of superheroes in the dc comics that are so dedicated to their specific city. You look at the Flash, you look at Green Arrow, you look at Superman. Their dedication is strictly, I'm going to protect the people who can't protect themselves. The one exception that I will make to that, like I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say like Marvel doesn't do any of these things. Like some of my favorite stories are also in in Marvel comics. I would say Spider Man yeah, is Spider another yeah. good example of that. Um, I, I, I really enjoy Sp the like Spider-Man. Spider yeah, I like Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay, this might be unpopular, things. but I really, when I was young, I guess I was in high school when the Tobey Maguire ones came out. I, I really oh, like oh, those. Oh, people, people love that Spider-Man Okay, so series. I'm not alone. That's yeah. Like, I know, like them. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, people really liked it, though, overall. But I, 
and I, I like Marvel stuff. I, I think this is the way I would say it as we kind of move into the actual topic we were talking about tonight. And, and I actually, for you Marvel fans, originally had planned Rob was going to be with us from uh, Jedi Archives to talk Marvel. And he had a scheduling conflict. So we are going to talk Marvel at some point because we don't dislike Marvel. We just prefer DC. Yeah. Um, so, and in talking about DC, and of course you guys were who I wanted to talk DC with, um, I think we kind of already hit on it, but now specifically I want to address one of the things that it's why, uh, you know, Star Wars speaks to me on a, on a spiritual level, but I would say like there's moments in whether it's Wonder Woman, whether it's the Dark Knight or the Dark, or the Dark Knight Rises in that case, it, they, they ground things so much in human emotion that it can bring emotion out of me and I'm not really a crier in things. Like these moments, like the scene Wonder Woman walks out on no man's land. And it's such this image of a woman going a place that no man has gone. I mean, truly like they're symbolic. they're scared back there and she's just taking it. I mean, it's just powerful. It's like, powerful. I think we said this on our podcast or our discussion about Wonder Woman, but I was like on the couch behind Michelle so we couldn't see each other. And then at the end of the movie, I said, I don't know why, but like I cried during that scene. It was like the second or third time I had seen the movie. I said, I tear up every time that scene. And she said, I do too. Yeah. You know, and then she started tearing up explaining why. And it was like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just such a powerful, powerful imagery. Um, it so really I'm, is. Yeah. Well, and, and in saying that, so let's take the, the holy trinity of DC. You have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman, there is no debate, is the greatest female superhero of all time. There's no debate. There's not, right. there's not even a close second. Like, right. it's Wonder Woman, and then you can find the second. Somewhere far down. But, but why? Because Wonder Woman is, is literally a symbol of female empowerment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then on the opposite side of that, you have Superman, who becomes this, this symbol that men wear working out on their chest of like to be better, like to be more, to be not average. So he's a symbol for men. And then you have Batman, which both men and women deeply relate to, of just this innately human person that's trying to rise above and be better. So it's like all three of those characters, which for stars, I'm sorry, Marvel just doesn't have anyone to compete with any of those three, in my opinion. But um, all three of those characters, they're deeply symbolic and they mean something to us as humans in a way, I don't know, outside of maybe Captain America, uh, just for America in general, that, that, that Marvel doesn't really have that speaks to us on such a human level. So do you guys want to well, say anything to that? Well, let me say quickly, um, something I'd read kind of just doing some quick research, I found very interesting and kind of rang true to me. Um, it said a lot of DC characters and their stories, it's a little more uh, relevant and speaks to society more. Yeah. And, and I find that to be very true. And then something I wanted to quickly read that I didn't even know about Wonder Woman. You guys probably know this, but I thought this was cool. It said a large reason why Wonder Woman was created and published in 1941 was because of World War II. She was made to support the Allies and inspire people during the war. Comics during this time showed victories against the foes fought by Wonder Woman herself. She was also made to inspire the women that stayed home during the war. She pushed that society should be supporting those in the war and expressing nationalism as a way to promote victory in the war. 
This is one of the reasons DC Comics are so special, because they create a mirror to what was happening in society during their time by having the heroes beat the odds and come out victorious. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I'll let you guys talk now, but I mean, that to me is why, you know, getting back to this title, that's that pretty much I summed up why I prefer DC. It speaks to me on a human level in a way Marvel has yet to. Right. Definitely. And one thing that I do want to bring up is I like what you said about how it remains culturally, culturally relevant to its time. You talk about Superman, the entire impetus of Superman was to give people during the Great Depression that hope and yeah. to power them through this, this period where all hope seemed lost. And I, I, I love, I'm not the biggest Superman fan, but I love the origin of his creation and how that helped to inspire. And I, again, using that word inspire, because that's what these characters do, regardless of whether or not they can shoot laser beams out of their eyes. <laughs> they, they can inspire people off the page to, to um, persevere. And that was the big thing with Superman. You look at the civil rights movement. Doom Patrol was big during, uh, big, big during that time. And a few months later, X-Men came out. Both of those highly influential during that period. And I know X-Men is Marvel, but you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. Um, and X-Men is obviously widely more popular and more well-known than Doom Patrol for the most part, but they tackled, yeah, for now, yeah. Um, you know, tackling those issues during the civil rights movement, the, the racial inequalities during that time and discrimination that was going on. Then we, we talked about this in our dark Knight returns episode, the cult during the cold war mm -hmm. and how, and and not even not even the Cold War, but also the the state of the nation with how crime ridden places like New York were during the eighties, and the overall fear fear that these people had, and once again here comes Batman coming in in a very dark dark graphic novel. And coming in and giving these people hope through uh, through through these incredible stories. So that was one of the big things that I wanted to call out there was that it remains. DC is really great at coming up with things at the time that are very relevant and give you messages that you that are that people need to hear. And they do that in the, their cinematic universe as well. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Huge uh, female empowerment. I'm a dude. I cried three times during <laughs> Wonder Woman. That was a beautiful movie. I love yeah. it. So yeah. good. Um, well, and, and, and yeah. why you might have even teared up on one, I don't know. Wonder Woman and rewatching, because we've talked about those over the summer, Wonder Woman and the Dark Knight trilogy they deeply deal with humanity 
Yeah. Like, like where Wonder Woman's about to kill the villain and she realizes, no, like they can be both the problem and the solution. Like, no, like I can't do that. And it's kind of that same thing where the Joker gives them the option to blow up the the boat. Like it, that DC does such a good job of doing this call, as we're talking about, to humanity, like to be better. And, and even though it's entertainment, I think touches something inside of us as humans. Like, I want to be better. Uh, you know, and truly can inspire. And I love what you said about, like, I hadn't even thought about that, the history of Superman and being during the Great Depression and giving hope because I, I've said several times, uh, you know, when you feel hope, if you don't have hope, you don't have much of anything. Yeah. And just to be able to offer hope to people through entertainment and through these, uh, you know, symbols of hope, uh, Batman, you know, this, I don't know what the word is, but I guess a symbol, you know, an inspiration. It's like, what a beautiful thing to be able to give society. Yeah. And I love, I love, I know they say that I'm sure they're probably saying something else, but even in the new Snyder Superman, I'd forgotten that. And she said, and it's uh, Lois Lane. And she says, you know, ask him about the S on his chest. And he says, you know, where I come from, it stands for hope. And she's like, well, it's an S here. But <laughs> Hope is spelled with an H, genius. <laughs> but, but, but he is. And that even makes sense with the characters of when they were created. Because sometimes Superman's knock is he's so clean, so good boy that he's harder to relate to. Blue but, boy that scout. but that image makes sense for that time period. And yeah. Batman in the gritty 70s of New York makes more sense for that time period yes. because they would connect with Superman as much as they would this gritty, complex character. Right. Definitely. And that's another thing that DC is also really great at sort of pioneering. Like you talk about like the golden age, the silver age and the modern age of comics. And to me, one of the biggest because um talking about the, like the boy scout aspect of these superheroes like they're these do-gooders and yes that ain't no shiv <laughs> that's a good one love, love dark knight return and hello to radio rebellion hello alberto um but for me i feel like the the modern age of comics during the, the 1980s was is probably one of the most or late seventies through the eighties is probably the most influential age of comics that we get, because that's where it gets more real. That's where you start to get more gritty and it's not all rainbows and sunshine, all rainbows and sunshine. In fact, in a lot of, in a lot of the comics that you read during that time, they, they start to kind of make fun of that. And it becomes like this whole trope thing. Um, in Dark Knight Returns, actually, there's this really funny panel of Superman with, you know, standing in his his stance, uh, you know, one knee up on a rock and a bald eagle like flying overhead. Like it's it's such a they it, it's it's I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> they do. So, the, DC did such a great job bringing these characters that were not that not that flawed before and they brought a realism to them and really brought it down to earth in a much more relatable way emotionally yeah that yeah. we could all resonate with 
Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think DC, I mean, that's why I love it because I, and I'm not trying to bash because like I said, we're going to discuss Marvel and I enjoy Marvel, but it's definitely much more just like sit down, eat some popcorn and laugh while I watch a movie. There's an enemy of the world and we're going to defeat them. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. And not to put that down. I mean, that has its place. Yeah. You know, but so, sometimes it, you really just need that full on escapism, get a good laugh, eat some popcorn and see some effects. Right. But I prefer when they can mix. I mean, and I know DC, for starters, I am like, I, I will be a DC, DC shill, by the way, because I feel like they get a lot of crap for no reason sometimes yeah. as of late. Because I know they kind of were figuring out what to do. They were still trying to follow the gritty path after the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, but I feel like from Wonder Woman on, they've just been like, Knocking it out of the ballpark, like left and right with yeah. their movies, in my opinion. And they've all been different. Um, I mean, Wonder Woman was that first time they finally struck a balance between grit and humor. Like they truly yeah. found it and meshed it. And, and, and romance. And, and romance. Kind of all at the same time. Yeah, and still speaking to you. And then I'm sure I personally thought Shazam was wonderful. How it, it had so much heart. And humor but then also like when the little boy goes i mean when the boy goes and his mother just rejects them like breaks your heart yeah. and, and like it had so much heart and that dc grit still i mean the scene in shazam the uh the uh the boardroom scene i was mm -hmm. kind of like dang like they just went dark <laughs> yeah like, like I, I just like i i feel like d i mean and that's great because marvel and dc i don't want them to be similar uh, you know, yeah. I don't yeah. want them to be the same. That that wouldn't be fun. Like I want them to be different and to be different experiences. I, th I think DC takes a little more risks. Oh, I was just about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marvel. Great lines, Lou. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, Marvel at this point has become like it's almost like a machine, the Marvel machine. Like you know what's coming out, you know what the formula is. Where let's let's just say the last two DC movies have been Joker. And then Birds of Prey. I mean, two movies that couldn't be any more different and take any more risk as far as a comic book movie. So yes. I, I personally, and I enjoyed both of those immensely. Yeah, me too. I thought Joker was one of the best movies of the last 20 years. I always personally. say it's, it, it transcends a movie. It's art. You know, <laughs> it's art. And then Birds of Prey is art in its own comic yeah. book way. So, I mean, they both. And, and, and like a pop type way. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to say it. It's like it was a very, uh, you know, and I know it's not for everyone, but I appreciate they took a risk and it wasn't just a formulaic a cookie movie. cutter. Yeah. yeah. But right. Liv, I feel like I've cut you off. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, I mean, I was just going to agree that I feel like DC does take more of a risk in the depth of their characters and really they... They take a character and they're like, all right, this is how deep that character goes. Let's find the bottom of the well and then bring it up. Uh, whereas like for me with Marvel, it's like, all right, here's Captain America. We all know and love him. Here's another story about Captain America. We all know and love him. But we yeah. have like Birds of Prey where we get a deeper sense of Harley Quinn. We get a deeper sense of the characters built around what, you know, Birds of Prey and that group of women look like and how that kind of in that genre and in that universe started, we have, you know, another deep, I, I, I hate to be that person. I haven't seen Joker yet, 
I feel bad. I haven't oh, seen you it. Go watch you it. I, I, <laughs> you thought it looked too dark. It looked really scary. And I, I oh, really no. don't do scary very well. We've been doing like a spooky season this month and I don't do scary movies very well. Like at all. Here I am like Graham cupping over here, <laughs> like dancers over here. Um, it is not scary. So watch. <laughs> okay. So it's I'll, I'll put that on my list. <laughs> I can handle that. I can handle that. Um, but you know, I was gonna, I was gonna commend Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, because she took such a risk with Wonder Woman, because it was one of the first DC movies that blatantly spoke the gospel. And she even came out and said, like, this is what I'm doing, because Wonder Woman's the best superhero to go about and do it. And they took that risk, and it landed flawlessly. Like, it was the most beautifully done accurately spoken like portrayal of an abstract way of portray you know of the gospel that got people you know talking i walked out of that movie and was like there's absolutely no way there's no way people walk like leave that movie not seeing christ there's no way but it's that risk that dc is so willing to take and they're so willing to jump out and fail like i know people have problems with justice league i know people have have problems with batman versus superman but that's because they took risks that kind of flopped i still love those two movies you know i yeah. actually like batman v superman like i'm yeah. so good <laughs> and, and that brings me back to bob ask us uh bob he asked us where is it if we were excited about the snyder cut and i i don't know about you guys but i'm definitely excited about the snyder cut oh I, that's not the right bob comment there we go. Uh, <laughs> Very much so. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you talk about um, this guy here and, and New Gods, Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby created this entire universe of these like larger than life villains, which is where we get characters like Darkseid which is where we get characters like Steppenwolf. Like that universe comes out of that that Jack Kirby gave us who mm -hmm. left Marvel to come to DC to do that. Just throwing that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he knew where the better group was. <laughs> um, and I'm just really excited to actually see like this on-screen adaptation of what Darkseid and the ruthlessness that he's going to bring to the screen right because you know not for nothing but um this is kind of it leads into one of my points about the villains of dc and how strong their rogues gallery is mm -hmm. it's it's so like the well is so deep there you get a character like dark side who could easily be the villain for three or four even five movies i think as strong as we've seen him mm -hmm. in uh, in other um in other pieces of literature animated films right um in marvel i only see i've only seen that with like thanos yeah like yeah. Than, like I, I feel I like, like Thanos. I feel yeah. like DC, you could take almost any of their villains and actually they could withstand like 
multiple movies, right? At least I think well, one of the, I, I was, and people like love. I was going to say like so because I'm just a Marvel person. I just go and watch the movies. I don't know anything yeah. about the comics, so what I see on screen is what I know. Yeah, and like people are just talking about Thanos, yada yada yada, and I go to the movie and I'm like. It's a big blue guy. Like, 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 I don't know who wants to wipe out half the world. So I guess he's, you know, he's really big on the environment to the detriment of humans. But um, compare that to, okay, I would say in movie history that Darth Vader is arguably the most beloved villain of all time. I would say he is one, mm -hmm. but two, and closely behind him has to be Joker. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my gosh, they did a total drama new take on Joker uh, rated R and broke the billion dollar mark. I mean, and, and part of what I love about DC, not that they do it every time and in every set of movies, but like live when you watch the Joker and I think you're going to really love it. But, you know, it really shows you <laughs> and explains like you get to know so much more like why he is the way he is and his childhood and his background. And, you know, they're willing to go there, you know, with some of these people. And even I was thinking earlier, like Batman, for example, I think it's also an inspiration. If you think about it, he used, you know, what the devil meant for evil, so to say, the pain in his life. And, and he turned it around and wanted to go out and help people. You know, he could have like lived yeah. in misery the rest of his life, but he said no. And like you saying about Wonder Woman, and it was like, it might sound dumb now that you say that, but I'm like, that's what it is, Liv. That's what gets me about that movie. Yeah. Like, well, like Epiphany, she didn't have to come to this gross world where mm -hmm. she didn't understand. Uh, there's a better way. Why are you hurting that horse? Where, you know, she doesn't understand everything's going on, but she ultimately decides the people are worth it. And I'm, I'm going to stay here for them. And so, thank you for clarifying that. It was like, now I get why. Natalie, like, oh, man. Now, I'm obsessed with that movie. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I cry throughout that entire movie frequently. But real quick on the villains, one of the reasons why I think we love DC villains so much, and it's a part of us that probably wants to deny it, is how easily it is for us as humans to relate to the DC villains because yeah. they are also as equally relatable as the DC superheroes. Absolutely. We could see ourselves in any of those situations, being in any of those positions, like taking Joker, for example. In my opinion, Joker is the complete and total opposite of Batman. You know, we have Batman who is good. We have Joker who is evil. Yes. That's an easy split. That's in that's a very fine line that either one could balance on. We could do the same with Riddler. We could do the same with um, I mean, any of the Batman villains. We could do it with any of the Superman villains. Like they're all so relatable. Um, it's kind of scary. And speaking of the heroes and the villains, you know, to, to get a little deep here, we all have pain. I think I can say that, you know, some of us more than others, but what direction do you want to take that pain in? Right. Do you want to use it for good or do you want to use it for evil? Because yeah. it's kind of even down to like Keith Ledger's conversation when he says the chips, when the chips are down, they'll eat each other. It's kind of like when his chips were down, it pushed him to become the Joker. When Bat, when Bruce Wayne's chips were down, it pushed him to become Batman. And it right. truly is a dichotomy of two, the two paths in life you can take. And they mm -hmm. truly are. Uh, I, I mean, it's genius. I mean, even, and there's so many beyond Joker. Joker's just the most famous. 
I mean, literally it, with Joaquin Phoenix, and I, I just appreciate all the different takes. You have Heath Ledger's performance, which was genius. You had Jack Nicholas, which was genius. And now you have Joaquin Phoenix. And they're all so different and also uniquely theirs and uniquely genius. I mean, yes. it's just, yeah, it's an yeah. ingenious character. And and then I know the trailer for the, for the Batman that has now been pushed off, sadly, to 2022. <laughs> like everything. 2022? Oh, everything's got pushed back. So, yeah, it's coming out March 2022. Oh my god. And but what I wanted I'm so angry. I know. Like I'm very I'm so upset. angry. But when I heard that was happening, I was like, can they please make the the villain the Riddler and make him like a true serial killer? Like that would be awesome. And then we get that trailer and I was like, oh, like they're giving it to me. Like and it's just that's again that's relatable. Like Thanos to me isn't a relatable villain. Like, yeah, like right. a serial killer is like that's we see that in our society. It's a real evil, and you want it. Our, in us, we demand justice. We want true justice, like to to claim that and to deal with it. And, and not saying it's right or wrong, but as I pointed out in one of our Batman things, we kind of have a fascination with serial killers. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, I mean, mean, I binge watch right. Criminal Minds frequently. So <laughs> I'm on cold case files right now. I feel you. <laughs> Well, and then I think, especially we're kind of sticking in Batman's ca category. Um, but I mean, let's just be real. He has the best of the best villains. <laughs> but in that, you know, they make such this unique, uh, this unique connection that I feel like people don't of where they get sent to the Arkham Asylum. Like a lot of people like that. I'm not, you know, and, and sadly, mental illness is a big umbrella that a lot of people get put under but there is a segment <laughs> that I, you know of not the rest of mental illnesses that we have but but people like whether it's uh what's his name ted bundy like they're mentally deranged like they're mentally crazy like it's they're gone like that person's gone and i think that they make that kind of connection with batman's villains is kind of interesting like this mental they just go deeper. I, I mean, I think that's what this whole thing is. Yeah. About. They, they go take that deeper. risk. They take that risk. They go deeper into the human psyche and to the human experience. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I love. And that being said, Michelle knows when we first, the first time we saw Joker, I literally texted her and said, I want to give him a hug so bad right now. <laughs> and, then, and then about two minutes later, she said, well, she, maybe not. I was like, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but, Oh, and I will say on the just since we brought it up, we said this for you guys. We we actually one of our first episodes was us discussing Joker, and we say this, and I will say it again. That is a like a seventies movie, slow build, and the last fifteen minutes of that movie is like an out of body experience. Yeah, really, <laughs> it really is. I mean, we're hyping it up for you, but yeah, you gotta I mean, see it. Now. You've got to give it. I gotta go watch it now. And then, and then it's like explosive for the last yes. 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really, and it, it is art. And once again, talking about, you know, DC's effect on society. I think that movie, oh man, it's deep. Like it just makes you like mental illness and how society deals with that. And, and even right now, like where we are, even though it's set in the late seventies, I think, or the early eighties, uh, you know, which New York is beginning to look more and more like. <laughs> right. But once again, they managed to make something so relevant to today, even like we're still so far behind. I think when it comes to, 
you know, mental illness and understanding what it is and not, you know, being judgmental or about going to therapy or whatever, you know, so very relevant. Yeah, they are. Uh, any, any other villains you got? Because I think that you guys segued into one of my things. Their villains are just so superior. I mean, their yeah. superheroes are superior, and yep. their and their villains are superior. Uh, yeah, people are hating us right now. No, yeah, the I can only think of one universe within Marvel that does it pretty well, and again, that's Spider Man. Spider Man has uh, yeah. a great rogues gallery. Um, yeah. but I mean. Batman alone has like this, this, this dais of dozens of different villains that you could, you know, pick one from a hat and it's going to be a worthy adversary that day uh, yeah. for, for whatever reasons. And the thing about that, one of the things that makes the villains so strong is the, what's going on for Batman interpersonally at that time. Agreed. <laughs> Michael, two men too, said, Liv is the smartest wife on PNP. I'm the only wife on PNP. <laughs> um, it was a good compliment. Yeah, I'll take it. Thanks. Appreciate it. But Batman might be dealing with something that makes facing off against someone like Black Mask a mm -hmm. lot more terrifying for him. Or facing off against... Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Yeah, it, it, it just, there's so many facts. It seems like there's so many factors that come, that can go into finding like that perfect face off in a given Batman run or mm -hmm. arc. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the, the rogues gallery within Batman. One of the big things, and this is heavily outlined in, uh, Grant Morrison in 1989 had a great exploration of this called Arkham Asylum. And in this graphic novel, it's incredibly dark. And it's frankly, it's pretty difficult to read. But in there, you see that these villains that Batman goes in and talks to and interacts with there people like Two-Face, people like Joker, that he's not far off from them from a psychological standpoint. And one of the big things in a previous comic book that they talk a lot about uh, in The Killing Joke, all it takes is one bad day. And Batman could have been the next Joker, could have been right. the next Two-Face. Yeah. Um, the fact that they are that close together is not only does that make them more relatable to us, you know, getting the sympathetic villains uh, or villains that we can kind of, for lack of a better term, relate to a little bit more. And yeah, it's, I, I they, they just, you can relate a lot better to the, to both the villains and the heroes for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And something kind of, as we kind of begin to wrap up, I want to kind of let you guys live. You probably know, can name more than me, but something else like with unique is their female characters for DC, because of course you've got wonder woman, you've got Batgirl, but I mean, there are a few characters as cool as Catwoman 
who yeah. like walks the right. fence of being good or bad, right. very chatty. Um, I always prefer when she goes good. Um, like you, you just want her to go good all the time. You're like, just, just go with him. But like, le let's face it, that's realistic portrayal of people in life too. You've got people right. that kind of straddle the fence, you know, and like maybe they are good yeah. person heart, but they're a little shysty. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Poison Ivy, who's a very unique character in her own way. You've got Harley Quinn, who's crazy. You've got, I mean, you just have so many, but all those characters I just named are fascinating. But like who, they're truly fascinating characters. Who doesn't love Harley? And I just thought about Poison Ivy in a new light. Like I was obsessed with her as a kid growing up watching that cheesy string of uh, Batman movies. With, with Uma Thurman. With Man, Uma that Thurman. was bad. Yeah. I don't know why she like as really my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> those are my no, favorite batman i watched michael keaton's so the best times. but those are so good but she she like fascinated me right but you know now looking back as an adult it's like she's the perfect like almost like a jezebel a jezebel spirit mm -hmm. you know it's like uh but she's very sexual <laughs> you know i'm going to seduce you and manipulating you into doing my bidding and doing what i want you to do for me you know and stuff like that so it's like she's a great character you know yeah. basically who she is and how she operates. And then Harley's that girl that grew up on like in the trailers that, and I'm, that probably just offensive. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, I, I, she came from a really rough experience in life. And there's nothing wrong with trailers. There's not. No, there's not. I'm just, I, I, I almost said the other side of the tracks, but then that's offensive. So I didn't know how to word that. I just meant came from a really rough. Hey, our dad was from the other side of the tracks. That, that's yeah. So, I mean, there just came from a very rough experience. Like she's relatable in that way. And yet like you love her. Like, yeah, I right. mean, you love her crazy. Like, stuff. honestly, who doesn't love Harley? And I, right. I think we can all think of, I know I can, I can think of a girl that kind of had a heart, you know, girls in high school had kind of Harley Quinn vibes yeah. in a way that yeah. came from rough backgrounds and were humorous but also a little crazy and a little dangerous and, and at times they would surprise you and have your back yeah <laughs> i mean they were wild cards yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never and i mean i love that dc is now introducing even more female like main characters we're getting more of uh, Huntress and Black Canary and we're getting more Harley Quinn. We're getting more of Batgirl. We're getting more Batwoman. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of development going on with those characters and references to those characters that are going to start rising up, I feel like, in you know the near future. Because we did get, with Birds of Prey, we did get another look at Black Canary, who is a big character in the Arrow series on CW. Like, we already have a backstory, now they're developing it even further. Um, again, and same with Batgirl, I think there's a lot of new content coming out um, within that. And then a lot of the animated series has focused on Raven from Teen Titans. And um, there's another one, it's on the top of my tongue, deals with another female. Cannot remember. Huntress? No. We just watched one. It was like, oh, Barbara Gordon. Oh, Duh. Batgirl. Who is Batgirl, but like focusing on yeah. Barbara herself opposed to okay. her as Batgirl. So we're getting a lot of these things and a lot of um, bigger female names out there that's going to develop, I think, in the future that's just going to be super fun. And we have Jane from Doom Patrol. Who doesn't love Jane from Doom Patrol? <laughs> 
Y'all watch Doom Patrol. It's awesome. I haven't yet, but I listened to your full episode and it's almost, I'm like, Paul, it almost, I mean, it almost convinced me to, to watch it. It's, it's, it's so good. Not that family friendly, no, but it's, I've heard. it's, it's really good. Not family friendly at all. But what you, one thing that you said, I loved that you talked about this, this concept of reinventing characters. Yeah, And that's something that I feel like DC does so, so strongly. We have, looking at a character like Robin, for example. I don't know why that's on the top of my mind. But you yeah. have a character like Robin. How many Robins do we have? A lot. A there lot. are a lot of Robins. The, it's a character that, you know, other characters come in and continuously take out the mantle. Looking at um, on the Marvel side, I can only think of maybe one character that one, maybe one or two characters that have sort of been reinvented in that way. And that's, again, Spider-Man. Um, you don't get that a lot. DC has continuously reinvented these characters, especially after introducing concepts like the multiverse, which I know Marvel also has concept of a multiverse they don't use it though often uh, they, enough. they they it's going to become a lot wider wide, widely known after the next doctor strange movie after dc already sets himself <laughs> up for success <laughs> but dc does a really good job reinventing these characters and uh, again in a way that makes them continue to remain relevant while staying true to the heart of the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. And you also talked about Teen Titans. And again, talking about <laughs> uh, characters like characters like Robin and everybody else in the Teen Titans. One thing that I love about DC, even from a, like, especially from a young age, when you're a kid and you're looking up to someone like Batman, um, you say, I, I, I want to be like that when I grow up. I want to grow into someone like that. But DC has these properties and these shows that you, as a kid, you can look up and say, I want to be that now. Right, it's a I want to do that moment. now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to be better in this moment. I don't have to wait until I'm 35 and have mommy and daddy issues to you know right. save gotham right yeah and it's so widespread like if you look at teen titans you have kind of a, a rough backstory that's so different in each area you have the jock who became you know who became cripple essentially and had to rely on machine to move him forward you have Raven, who does have daddy issues, let's be real. But she's this, like, darker, more, you know, into herself, recluse yeah. superhero. You have, you know, Robin, who is this powerful teenage leader. So all of these different, you know, and again, yeah, just yeah. DC does it better. <laughs> Stamp. <laughs> Basically. Well, and uh, as we, we close, I was thinking, because I, uh, again, didn't want to put anyone down with my Harley thing. But do you know who... And a TV show has Harley vibes in a show, and that would be Ruth in, um, well, I can't think of it, on Netflix. Oh, gosh. Ooh. Oh, uh, Ozark. 
Ozark. Like oh, she, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm saying. That, yeah. that person has a Harley vibe, like coming from a very rough background that, that, that kind of forms that type of person. Like that, that, that was what Michelle, I was trying where, to where, say. Where, where does Ruth come from? <laughs> Well, she actually literally comes from the trailer, but, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but my point is, is like, she's smart. She's, you don't know what she's going to do. Like she's, she's got that vibe. Yes. But she's extremely intelligent. Yeah. Yes. And very loyal. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't say Harley is loyal, but yeah. she does well, have to the Joker in ways. <laughs> She's loyal when it, when it suits her a lot of the times. Yeah. And I think one of Harley's biggest superpowers and Ruth, it, you know, talking about Ruth as if she were a superhero, <laughs> right? Is how people can easily underestimate them. Yes. Yes. A definitely. lot of people forget that Harley is genius, a, a certifiable yeah. genius. She has a PhD and like, I want to be Harley Quinn when I grow up. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> like, oh God! I hope, hope not. Hopefully, not completely. I'm not going to follow <laughs> weird stuff. Though. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm just pre Harley Quinn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I want to go to school for. Okay. <laughs> you want to be? You want to grow up to be Harleen Quinzel? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> there we go. There Maybe we go. Still have the humor of Harley Quinn. Yeah. The sass. Yeah, you the, want the sass. <laughs> <laughs> love birds of prey it's my favorite part yeah anyway. oh I love that part that part made me crack oh, up I, I cracked up the, the, the stabbing the knife she's like, it's already part- <laughs> so good That we also for those listening or watching we also have a birds of prey discussion that was one of our other first ones so check it out check that one out but really uh, good. I actually think that was the first one I listened to you guys is it was your was your birds of prey episode? Well, you're yeah. like, man, these girls understand me. They they like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, I know it kind of had mixed reviews, but when we did that, I think I'd only seen it. Actually, no, we saw it twice. I think I'd seen it twice, but then I went to see it again in theaters. I was being like pulling a Michelle, and it was like I I started to put things together even more, and it was like I like this even more than I thought I did. It was like I really like this yeah. movie. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's one of those you kind of have to watch a couple times, I think. To it's really has to marinate. Yes, yeah. But I thought it was like really well done. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. fun. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like it's almost it's I don't know, there's art to it. It's almost yeah. like Spice Girls meets the comics, meets yeah. it's like multiple things there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Dave but, got it got me the disc or disc set one day just for fun. I think I watched it back to back on the same day we watched it and then i brought it home when i was living with my parents and my i watched with my brother immediately after it's like this is my favorite dc movie thus far second to wonder woman wonder woman is still my favorite dc movie current one i i could that list is forever long anyway it's such a good one it's a good movie but so as we give our closing thoughts Basically, any last closing thoughts? I mean, I think we've summed up why we prefer DC to Marvel. Not not that we don't like Marvel. We just prefer DC. (laughs) Closing thoughts. They just give a lot more, in my opinion, richness and humanness. Backbone uh, or backstory uh, to their characters. Yeah, like like deep emotional human connection with each other. That you can emotionally attach to. 
Cam Ray's clothing, closing thought is that Robin is awful. We don't have time to get into that, Cam Ray. <laughs> Cam Ray, I'm president. Yeah, Robin's not awful. Really get to walk. <laughs> yeah. The president has spoken, Cam. Elections <laughs> have consequences. They, they do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Robin is good. But but yeah, thank, thank you too. Uh, was there anything last thing you wanted to say as we close? Or no, I I think we've pretty much covered a lot. I mean, obviously, this is a a, a subject that we're truly truly passionate about. Oh yeah, <laughs> we could talk about for a long time. But I think we've kind of covered some of the highlights, and really just want to say thank you. Yeah, for having us on. We love you guys. Obviously, that's why we had you on on our show uh, yeah. to chat about the Matrix. Just wanted to say thank you so much, and we're absolutely beaming with gratitude when you were like, hey, want to come geek out about DC? Yeah, it was a like, quick yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. You, are, you are so welcome, and it was truly a pleasure having you on. You guys yeah. are awesome. Yeah, you guys are welcome anytime yes. to, to hop yeah, on. Yeah, yeah and yeah. when whenever we do get to see Wonder Woman, we'll all have to talk about it. Definitely. <laughs> and Cam, yes. we're just happy you're here. Yeah, we we accept that you're late, but but we we appreciate you being here. That, that, that's that's what that matters. It's that's the thought right. that counts, Cam. It is. Well, before we close, I want to give everyone the details of how you win the Black Series Baby Yoda. And it is very simple. All you have to do after this video is off and processes, you just have to go back and give the video a thumbs up. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Give the video a thumbs up and leave a comment and let us know what you think about DC. And then you have entered yourself into the Baby Yoda drawing. So we will have we will announce the winner next week on our Sunday video. So yes. we will let you guys know. But that is it. So just uh, make sure you're subscribed, thumbs up the video, and leave a comment. You know about anything really, whatever. So and one lucky winner will be chosen. Yes, you will receive the asset. So that is how. <laughs> yeah. uh, My favorite name for Baby Yoda is the asset. <laughs> Going to do that. So, so make sure to enter in because the baby, the child needs a home. So, yes, he does. He does. He, him and his frog need a home. So, make sure to do that. But thank you so much to Dave and Lib at Pizza yes. and Parsecs for being with us. Uh, again, to any listener or watcher that has not checked out Pizza and Parsecs, tell them again where they can find you on social media and where they can listen to your podcast. So we would definitely encourage all of you to check out our socials at Pizza and Parsecs, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, and give us all of the hollers that you have because we always holler back. Holler. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to check out our show, we're on pizzaandparsecs.com or red5network.com. Yes, and they are great. So yes. you guys definitely go and check out Pizza and Parsecs. They're all place podcasts are. Uh, and they have so many awesome episodes. They're a great show, great podcast to add to your podcast list. And truly awesome people too. And so, if you like pineapple on your pizza, you're in good company with Dave and Liv. Yep, yep. And, and they, again, they have some incredible, some of the best people to talk about DC. So if you like DC because you're watching this, Make sure to check out 
Dave and Liv because they've at Pizza and Parsons because they've got some great DC conversations on their podcast. Yes. So thank you two again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Stop. Don't stop. <laughs> stop. I'm like blushing over here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is it for this episode of Forcible Entertainment. We appreciate you all for joining the conversation. I encourage you to check out some of our other episodes and subscribe to the channel. Give the video a thumbs up and leave a comment. We'll allow you to do that for the next for until Saturday, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. cutoff of being put in the lottery for Baby Yoda. So be there, be square. So make sure to do that. But you can catch us uh, every Sunday with a new episode. We also have shorter episodes. We're trying to do more on YouTube. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Force of Light Entertainment. I am Michelle34Smith on each, Natalie. And I'm Natalie R. Grace on Twitter and NatLovesBella07 on Instagram. We appreciate you all and appreciate everyone listening and everyone who joined us in the chat. You guys have made this so much more fun with your, your humorous comments and good points throughout. So we appreciate everyone in the chat. And you guys are awesome. Yes. And everyone watching, listening, we appreciate you all. So again, join the conversation and next time let's watch or let's talk some more entertainment. All right. Got, bye guys. Bye.